Chapters 6-10 through 10 of the First Epistle of Paul the Apostle to the Corinthians, from the New Testament in Modern English, translated by Farrar Fenton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Mark Penfold. Chapter 6 Should any of you, having an action against another, ask for a decision before the wicked, and not rather before the holy? Or do you not know that the holy will judge the world? And if the world shall be judged by you, are you incapable of the smallest arbitrations? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? Then why not business matters? Therefore, if you should have business affairs requiring arbitrations, should you appear before those who have been denied authority in the assembly? I speak to shame you, as it seems there is not an intelligent man among you, not even one, who is able to determine a matter between his brothers. Instead, brother is at law with brother, and that, too, before unbelievers. <sighs> now, most certainly, it is a deep degradation to you that you have matters for arbitration among yourselves. Why not rather endure to be wronged? Why not rather be swindled? instead of which you do wrong, and you cheat and swindle even your brothers. Do you not know that the unjust will not inherit the kingdom of God? Deceive not yourselves. Neither profligates, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor depraved, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor debauchees, nor drunkards, nor blackguards, nor plunderers shall ever inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you have washed yourselves, but you have purified yourselves, but you made yourselves righteous in the name of the Lord Jesus and in the Spirit of our God. Uh, everything is allowable to me. But everything does not benefit. Everything is permissible to me. But I will not be deluded by any. The foods for the stomach, and the stomach for the foods. But God can abolish both it and them. And the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body, through the same God who raised up the Lord, and will also restore us through the power of Him. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Then shall I take the members of Christ and make them portions of a harlot? <laughs> Never! For do you not know that union with a harlot constitutes one body? For he says, The two shall exist as one body. But the union with the Lord is one spirit. Fly from fornication! Every other sin that a man can do is outside the body. But the fornicator sins against his own constitution. Or do you not know that your body is a sanctuary for the Holy Spirit, which you had from God to live in? and you are not your own, for you were dearly bought. Therefore, honor God with your body. Chapter 7 Now about what you wrote to me. It is well for a man not to be encumbered with a wife, but for fear of unchastity, each man should have his own wife, and each woman should have her own husband. The husband should do his duty to his wife, and the wife also to her husband. The wife has not absolute disposal of her own body, but her husband, and likewise the husband has not authority over his body, but the wife. 
You should not separate from one another, except perhaps for a time by consent, so that you may have leisure for prayer, and you should return again to one another, so that the enemy may not tempt you through passion. However, I say this from opinion, not by a special command. Yet I wish all men to be even like myself, but each has his own gift from God, one this way and another that. But for the unmarried man and the widows, it were well for them if they could remain as I myself, but if they have not self-restraint, they should marry, for to marry is better than to be feverish. However, to the married, the Lord commands, not I, a wife should not be separated from a husband, but if she should separate, let her remain unmarried, or let her return to her husband, and a husband should not dismiss his wife. But for what follows, I myself speak, not the Lord. If any brother has an unbelieving wife, and she agrees to live with him, she should not be dismissed. And a wife who may have an unbelieving husband, and he agrees to live with her, she should not leave her husband. For the unbelieving husband is purified in the believing wife, and the unbelieving wife is purified in the brother, or else the children would be defiled, but now they are pure. Yet if the unbeliever will separate, let him do so. The brother or sister is not in bondage to such. God, however, called us into peace. For how do you know, wife, but that you may save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, but that you may save your wife? Should not everyone walk in the way in which the Lord has apportioned, as God has called? I ordered the same in all the assemblies. Was one called when circumcised? Let it not be rejected. Has another been called in uncircumcision? Let him not be circumcised. The circumcision is nothing, and the uncircumcision is nothing. But observing divine commands, each should continue in the condition in which he was called. Were you called when a slave? Do not let it fret you. But if you are able to become a free man, then prefer it. For the slave having been called to the Lord is the Lord's freedman, and in the same way the free man is a slave of Christ. You were dearly bought. Do not become slaves of men. Let each continue in the condition, brothers, in which he was called towards God. But about the young girls I have not a decision from the Lord, but I give an opinion as I was granted to be trusted under the Lord. I think, therefore, that to encounter more easily the present distress, it is good for a man to act in this way. If you are married to a wife, do not attempt to be free. If free from a wife, do not seek a wife. But if you should marry, you do no wrong. And if a girl marries, she does no wrong, but they will have bodily privations. Therefore, I spare you. However, I say this, brothers, the time remaining is short, until both they having wives may be as having none, and the weepers as not weeping, and the gay as not rejoicing, and the buyers as not possessing, and those using this world as not consuming it, for the arrangement of this world passes away, and I want you to be without anxiety. The unmarried man should look after the affairs of the Lord, how he may please the Lord, but the married should look after the affairs of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a condition both for the wife and for the maiden. The unmarried woman should attend to the wishes of the Lord, so that she may be pure both in body and spirit. But the married should attend to the business of the world, how she may be pleasing to her husband. 
and I say this for your own application, not that I lay a trap for you, but rather to assist you to be decent and devoted to the Lord without distraction. But if anyone decides that it is not suitable for his daughter, if she should be passing the bloom of life, and is under engagement to do thus, let him do what he desires. It is not wrong. They may be married. But whoever stands steadfast in his heart, he is not obliged, since he possesses control over his individual will, and if he decides thus in his own heart to retain the girl at home, he does well, so that he who marries does well, and the man who does not marry does better. A wife is given by law to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she is free to be married to whoever she wishes, only in the Lord. But she will be happier if she should remain so, according to my judgment, and I suppose I also know God's intention. Chapter 8 Now about idol offerings. We know that we all possess understanding. Understanding makes you vain, but love edifies. If anyone fancies he knows a little, he never knows anything as it ought to be comprehended. But if anyone loves God, he is instructed by him. Therefore, about the eating of idol offerings, we know that an idol is nothing in creation, and besides that, there is no God but one. For although there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or upon earth, as there are many gods and many demigods, yet to us there is but one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we through him. However, this knowledge is not in all, but some with a conscience even now eat as though sacrificing to the idol, and their conscience being weak is corrupted. But food in itself does not bring us nearer to God, for if we eat, we are not better, nor are we the worse if we do not eat. However, take care lest this same strength of yours should become a stumbling block to the weak. For if any one should see you, the possessor of comprehension, reclining in an idle house, would not the conscience of him, being weak, be encouraged to eat for the purpose of idol worship? Then the weak man is utterly lost through your comprehension, the brother for whom Christ died. Thus, sinning against the brotherhood, and striking their weak consciences, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food cause my brother to do wrong, I would not eat flesh forever, so that I may not cause my brother to stumble. Chapter 9 Am I not a free man? Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I am not an apostle to others, yet I am certainly so to you. For you are the stamp of my apostleship from the Lord. My defense to my accusers is this. Whether or no have we a right to eat and drink? Whether or no have we a right to travel with a Christian wife? like the rest of the apostles and the Lord's brothers and Kephas? Or I and Barnabas alone, have we no right at all except to work? Who campaigns at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its produce? Who feeds cattle and does not consume the milk of the cattle? I do not say this humanly. Does not the law also say the same? For in the name of Moses it is written, You shall not muzzle the threshing bullock. 
Bullocks are an object of care with God, but he speaks for us also. He wrote for us as well, because the plowman ought to plow in hope, and the thresher ought to share in the hope. If we have sown spiritually for you, is it much if we reap the necessaries of life with you? If others exercise this right to be paid by you, how much more can we? But we have not used this right. On the contrary, we went short of everything in order that we might not give trouble to anyone on account of the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those serving the temple eat from the temple? That those devoted to the altar are maintained from the altar? And so the Lord ordained to the preachers of the gospel that they should live out of the gospel. But I have availed myself of none of these, nor have I written this so that it might be done thus to myself. For better to me to die rather than that any one should destroy my boast in that manner. For if I am preaching the gospel, it is no credit to me. Rather, a necessity is laid upon me, because it is a punishment for me if I am not preaching the gospel. Yet, if I do this willingly, I have a reward. If unwillingly, I have been entrusted with an office. What are my wages, then? That preaching without pay, I lay a foundation for the gospel, while none can deprive me of the power which that gospel gives me. For being free from all, I have enslaved myself to all, so that I might benefit the greatest possible number. And I became like a Jew to the Jews, so that I might benefit the Jews. To those under a law, as though under a law, so that I might benefit those under a law. To those not possessing a law, as though not possessing a law, not, however, being without a divine law but on the contrary, under a law of Christ, so that I might gain those not possessing a law. To the weak I became as weak, so that I might gain the weak. To all these I adapted myself, so that I might save some at all events. And I do it all for the sake of the good news, so that I may become a participator in it. Do you not know that the runners on the track all run, but a single one carries off the prize? Thus run, so that you may win it, and every competitor restrains himself in all things. They, however, so that they may receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Therefore I run thus, not like a trifler. I strike thus, not as beating wind, but instead I train my body and lead a slave's life, for fear that, after having trained others, I myself should be disapproved. Chapter 10. I do not wish you to ignore, brothers, that all our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of a rock of spiritual progress, and the rock was the Messiah. God, however, was not pleased with the greater part of them, for they were strewn in the desert, and these became types for us, that we should not be lustful for vice, as they were lustful, neither should you be idolaters like some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink, and they arose to play. Neither should we fornicate as some of them fornicated, and fell in a single day to the number of twenty-three thousand. Neither should we try the Lord, as some of them tried him, and were slain by serpents. 
neither should you murmur as some of them murmured and were destroyed by the destroyer and all these came upon them typically but were written for our instruction upon whom the perfection of the ages has come so that whoever imagines he stands should take care not to fall trial has not overtaken you more than men can endure for god is faithful who will not permit you to be tried beyond what you are able on the contrary he will with the trial also provide the escape by which you will be able to come out of it therefore my friends avoid idolatry i speak as though to reflective men you can examine what i say the cup of the blessing which we bless is it not the communion of the blood of christ the loaf which we break is it not the communion of the body of christ because as in a loaf we the many are a single body for we all share the same loaf look at the corporate israel are not those who eat the sacrifices communicants with the altar what then do i say that the idol is anything or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything on the contrary that what the heathen sacrifice they sacrifice to demons and not to god but i do not wish you to become communicants with demons you are not able to drink the lord's cup and the cup of demons you are not able to share the lord's table and the table of demons shall we provoke the lord we are not stronger than he are we everything is permitted but yet everything does not benefit all is right but everything does not edify let no one seek only his own but the benefit of others you can eat all that is sold in the market never inquiring about it because of conscience for the earth and her fullness is from the lord if any one of the unbelievers invite you and you wish to go you should eat whatever is served never examining it for the sake of conscience but if someone says to you this is an idol offering you ought not to eat because of the one informing you and his conscience and i say it should not be for your own conscience but for that of the other for to what purpose is my liberty to be judged under the conscience of another if i partake with thankfulness why should i be slandered about that for which i have given thanks therefore whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do all in honor of god you should be inoffensive both to jews and greeks and to the church of god just as i also make everything pleasant to everyone not seeking my own benefit but instead that of the many so that they may be saved become imitators of me as i am also of christ the end of chapters 6 through 10 recording by mark penfold